right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 266. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw. Zero one, And as always, you can write the show at pstisisawesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends. Leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are a video podcast. So if you don't want to stream it on your preferred podcasting platform, you can go just watch us. You can watch this show on YouTube. New and or longtime listeners. Bing, 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 bing. Ears up. We have a Patreon where you can support this show for $1 a month. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron like some other folks. And we will mail you a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout out on the show and uh that helps us a lot we haven't any new patrons in a while we know you're out there we know you listen it's a dollar a month please if you like the show and want to support us that is the only way to do it we don't have merch we don't have uh advertising that's the only way it's the only way we make any any kind of uh uh, profit and it's not even profit. We dump it right back into the show. So we're slowly accumulating. Like maybe we'll have a hundred dollars in two years. We'll see. Um, probably not, but maybe we will. And we should if the math is right. So since starting, <laughs> maybe Jake can buy a game on you guys. <laughs> All right. Anyways, with that out of the way, Jake, how are you today? Uh, I'm trying my best to stay conscious. Oh. I was in I was in Chicago all week for work and I just I was working just insane hours. So I got home Thursday night and Friday I could barely get to work. I don't think I got to work until like lunchtime. Mm. And then today I I couldn't even get out of bed until almost ten o'clock. I don't know what the fuck. I I just was so tired. And so um but other than that, I mean, everything's fine. I'm doing fine. Did actually did quite a bit of gaming when I wasn't working. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I used to like when I would go on work trips. I would like to try and go around and find like local, you know, places to eat food and stuff like that, just as something to do yeah. while I was on work trips. Now I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone. I get back to my hotel room. I, you know. And then I just like play video games and fall asleep. It's like I just chill out. I don't go out and do anything anymore while I'm out, while I'm working. And um, so I was able to play some video games while I was on my trip. Um, good. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is good. I'm happy. We did the Last of Us podcast. We won't talk about it at the end of the show, but we do have a Last of, Last of Us podcast right now that we're doing every Monday night, and uh, we're. Coming right up to the end of the series. So we have, I think, two more episodes. And, uh, Jake, you did the last episode from your Windy City apartment. 
or uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That'd be awesome if you just had an apartment in Chicago. <laughs> Balling. Like, no, that would be but, dope. Yeah, whatever it was, your hotel room. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think the audio synced quite with your with your mouth in the video because it was pretty late in the, uh, the connection. But not a big deal. Uh, we've been doing that, and we'll be back to that this upcoming Monday. So I've been doing all right here. I just finished. My voice sounds a little rough. I literally just got done singing in the mic for like three hours. I just got done uh, recording the second to last song for the One Up By Land record. We have been working with Mr. Michael Fritz uh, on album artwork. He's a fantastic artist and friend of ours, so that's coming along. We have I have one more song to track vocals for, and I think I need to make one correction to one part on one of the songs. I've been listening to it and kind of critical of, of something I did, and I don't know if I like it, so that, that'll just take maybe like 20 minutes. But that album's coming along. Um, I don't think much else is going on in my world. Nothing fantastic. Although, uh, because we have now informed the listeners of what kind of car I drive, I have a 09 Yaris hatchback. I will say this. Uh, I was on my way to work. <clears throat> I don't have the... Uh, I'm not afforded the luxury of working from home. So I was driving to work. And the city we're in has a lot of, uh, they pretty much got rid of all their stoplights, pretty much. And it's all four-way stop signs. And uh, I roll up, I stop, another Yaris that looks the exact same year, exact same model, exact same uh, aftermarket black hubcaps, rolls up. And the dude had a beard and he was just sitting there. And we kind of looked at each other for like, it was early, man. It was like, I don't know, 6.45 a.m. And uh, he kind of looks over at me. And as he's going, he goes like this. <laughs> like to me, because he knew that I knew we both looked the same and had the same car. I feel like I crossed into an alternate reality. It was so weird. And this is the first time I've told anybody about that story. That was this Friday, this past Friday. It was really weird. I don't know. That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, the chances of that happening, like the rest of the city was still asleep, I felt like, and just these two yards is me at the corner. I've never seen them before in my early morning commute. You know, we have our morning commutes, and uh, we get into the, just the autopilot, and we have our turns, and we take our route, and then, you know, maybe some people like to switch it up. I don't, but I've never come across this guy, and uh, he was very cognizant of, of my what was going on. Because <laughs> we just kind of both kind of looked at each other, and he gave me one of these rock and roll signs. Um, so nice. funny, yeah, dude. So outside of that, I've been catching up on my GI Joe comics. IDW, um, the license for GI Joe for the comic books got passed out. I forget who has it. IDW did it for a very long time. Larry Hama <clears throat> is the original Marvel author for the GI Joe comics back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, and when Marvel dropped G.I. Joe, it disappeared for a long time. And Devil Devil's Do comics took over for a little bit. And then Hama just quit writing for G.I. Joe. And uh, when IDW acquired the license relatively recently, year, a couple of years ago, several years ago actually, quite a few years ago. Yeah, I'll just rephrase. A while back, IDW got the license to make G.I. Joe comics again. And Larry Hama picked right up. So instead of going IDW issue number one, 
it was like IDW issue number 158. And it was just the next one in the continuity of what he had started with Marvel, <laughs> story-wise, which was awesome. And everyone like lost their shit. And they're like, oh my god, Hammer's back. Larry's back. And he's writing G.I. Joe. And these comics are fantastic. And they were. So uh, I talk about books galore often. Although I think I'm going to cancel my subscription. We'll get to that in a second with them. Uh, and then we'll get to PlayStation. But what happened was was now that the license has been bought out from IDW, you know, I, it's up to it's up to the comic book company to decide who they want to write GI Joe. So Larry was able to make it to issue 300. So he he has written 300 consecutive GI Joe comics, and the arch is the story arch is amazing. Story arc, sorry, Jesus, story arc is amazing, and there's so much good stuff there. And uh, he's a very prideful person of what he's created with G.I. Joe. Uh, he always is kind, if you're kind to him, um, to the fans who write in. And uh, just such a nice thing. So <clears throat> I had I had been getting these comics from Books Galore in Erie, Pennsylvania for quite a while. And I just kind of got too busy and I quit reading them, right? You just quit reading these comics or whatever. They, they kind of just sat and sat and sat and then I went into my closet and I was like I gotta finish this run and what made me want to finish it was was the last comic book 300 that Larry was writing is uh, and who knows what he's gonna do after this they, he might get contracted out to do more G.I. Joe stuff with the next place but the interesting thing is is like it's like literally a two page spread front cover back cover of like just about every freaking G.I. Joe character ever and it's like like some of them are so so tiny in the background but just enough detail that you know which ones they are it's one of the coolest things like what's going on here because i kind of fell off that wagon and I, and then i was like oh the shit this is the last one man this is the last one he successfully killed snake eyes in the comic book which is awesome uh you know so he did a lot of good stuff here before he wrapped things up he, he did some really nice things and uh one of the most touching I know you guys don't care about this, but I'm excited about something to talk about. It. One of the most touching uh, comics that he did was a completely silent comic. Um, I mean, he had the silent, silent interlude back with Marvel, but he did a silent comic, and it was essentially the military um, procession for Snake Eyes. And it was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And it was like, you know, uh, they had Timber, his dog, was the last one to leave the gravesite, and it was just like, oh, dude, broke broke your heart. Even though it's like all fucking GI Joe shit, it was still really good. Um, but yeah, books galore, man. I've got a bone to pick with them because <clears throat> I live in I live in Meville, which is like an hour from Erie. So for me to go up there and get the books that they have for me, Jake, I have to make a trip there for something else. Like I'm not gonna go up there and spend all that gas to. Uh, to pick up comic books like every month like I maybe get two a month so I let them sit I let them sit I let them sit I let them build not crazy but it's not like I'm collecting like 17 different titles it's just G.I. Joe and um, they do this thing where they send you a yellow postcard if your file if you haven't come and picked up your file despite the size and part of being a member a paid membership is that they keep a cubby for you you're giving them extra money every year so that they can do this for you. Um, and part of the agreement is that they just hang on to these things. And then when you come up to buy them, and I get that it's on their dime, like they've bought these comics for you, so they want to make sure they get paid for them. 
I've never not gotten my comics, ever. Ever. I've never left them high and dry for like seven years. So the yellow postcard card shows up. I give them a call. This is normally how it goes. I say, hey, this is Fred. Uh, I got the postcard. Um, I'm making a shopping trip in like two weeks. I'll be by. Put a note in my file. I'll be down to get them. Don't throw them out, whatever. You know, okay, cool. No problem. Never an issue. Lately, my postcards have had in writing, it says, well, the postcard is printed. It says, oops, it looks like you forgot to come pick up your comics. You know, please give us a call to make sure that we know that you still want us to be ordering these titles and uh, that you're, you're good for them. So mine, the last five, four or five times, it has said, oops, it looks like you forgot to pick up your comics. And somebody writes next to it again, question mark. And it's like, no, fuck you. Like, fuck you. I'm paying for this. I'm paying for this service. If it's such a big deal, then I'll cancel it and I won't give you any business. I'll just get digital comics. Because part of me was like, I was doing this to help a mom and pop uh, comic shop. And it's just like, I have been... I have been a client of theirs for years. This has never been a thing. But some dude or person over there has the tenacity. Little things like that just drive me crazy. You know, again? And then, yeah, because I live all the way down here. And every time I show up, they're like, well, we could just ship them to you. I'm like, is it shipping free? No, it's going to be like $25. No, not going to do it for $25. Nope, I'll just come get them on my time. You, I'm paying for the cubbyhole. That end of rant. It's so frustrating. But I don't know. So I think I'm canceling my membership. I don't know. It is what it is. They've never you just not read comics. Well, there's that too. Yeah, and you need to grow <laughs> up a little it's, bit. First of all, first of all, it's BS that it's twenty five dollars to ship comics. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating. It's at le- comics get heavy when you have like, and then they got to bag and board them and make sure they don't get crinkled. You know, they probably ship them in a way that like they don't get messed up in the mail. Right, that's part of it. So, but yeah, dude, I, I don't know. You should just, I, I mean, you, there, there should be a way for you to put in your file, like I'm paying for this service. I'm only going to pick them up like once every three months. Well, the, yeah. Well, the thing is too, is like the on, on, the only way to get a cubby is if you're paying for the service. So it's already a known, like they already well, know. I just, I just mean that, yeah. I just mean that you should, they should. They should be able to put in your file that you don't need to be hounded every month. Right. You are purposefully not coming to get them. Right. It, or maybe maybe the maybe the solution would be if you could just call and just pay for them over the phone and have them just hold them until the next time you get yeah, there. Yeah, maybe that's a decent solution. Yeah, maybe if, if because, they're worried about because money. Then, yeah. Because I mean, if they're if I can understand a little store like that, especially something like comic books, them kind of running on some pretty thin margins, yeah, and really wanting to make sure they get paid, and maybe the person that wrote that note was just having a bad day. But they've been doing it like, like the last several times. It has had a, really? again. So maybe somebody was just having like a really a really. Like I don't know, um, low busy day, like not a very active day, and they're just like, I'm not gonna fucking write again next to all these. We'll have a pile for people who do it all the time, and a pile for people who don't do it often, and we'll just fucking, you know, I'm sure. But every time I show up, they're like, Hey, Fred, and I'm like, Hey, and uh, I did mention it to him the last time I picked him up. I said, Listen, I said, I know you guys put it, you know, I, this is a thing that I do. I said, I'm down in Meadville. 
I don't get up here often, especially in the wintertime. I'm not driving through a fucking blizzard to come buy, you know, $20 worth of comics, um, you know, and then just head home. Like, gas money, driving in the snow sucks, and then if I have no reason to be in Erie, you know. Like, for instance, we just got booked a gig there, one up by land, um, March 14th, I think, is whatever Friday it is. And uh, I'll be in town that day. We don't got to load until 7.30. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop on by Books Galore and say, hey, you got any comics here for me? And then maybe they will. Maybe they won't because G.I. Joe ended at 300. So unless they did something I don't know of, I probably don't have any comics there. Long story short, dude, we need to talk about PlayStation. Can we talk about PlayStation? Listeners, if you have You're an opinion on that. about comics. What's that? <laughs> You're the one talking about comics. I know. I'm trying to rewrap myself. Um, listeners, if you have any comments about that, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Books Galore is awesome. They are awesome. They have awesome shite there, and uh, they are very good to their customers. But the, again, just gets right under my skin, and I'm usually not that easily agitated, but shit like that just kind of bothers me. All right. <clears throat> games we're playing. Jake, let's talk about games that we're playing. And... Uh, I'm playing mainly just VR games right now. I spent another good two hours in Moss Book 2. This game is just a gem. It's so good. I'm halfway through Moss Book 2, and you know because they have like these uh, stained glass windows that as you pick up like hidden scrolls, there's like a mini game where you try to find the secret scrolls. You got to lean around stuff and look for them and get your character there. Um, it'll patch in a piece of the stained glass. And uh, there are one, two, three. There are four stained glass windows. No, there are six, I think. I have done three. And there's three remaining. So that's my gauge. I think I'm halfway through Moss Book 2. This game is amazing. Highly recommend it if you have VR. Play the first one. Um, it is my only issue with Moss Book 2 is this. Or Moss in general. It's, it's, it's a puzzle platformer. And the puzzles have you using the environment to kind of solve. So with your hand, you grab shit and you move like platforms. And then you have, you know, uh, what is what is the mouse's name? I don't, I don't remember the mouse's name. You have your character jump onto the platform and then you move the platform with your hand. And then, you know, the, the mouse can jump. Um, and then there's other other things that you can do too. Uh, so far, I've unlocked a couple interesting things where like I can make dead roots turn into leaves that I can climb. So I just take my hand and I click the one button and I brush the dead roots and these leaves pop up. And they only last for so long, but then you can run your mouse over and climb them. And uh, you unlock these special abilities as as you're called the reader, right? Because Moss is based on a set of books and it's getting narrated to you. And all of the voices, I think, are the same voice actor, but they lean into the fact that you're being told a story by a person. Um, I, Moss, uh, the, the, the mouse's name, I want to say his name's like Pivot or something like that. Uh, I don't remember her name. Um, but anyways, her voice is different. But I feel like a lot of the voices are uh, just one person, which I which I like. But where I was going with this was that, that that game, while it is difficult at times, the platform – or not the platform, but the puzzles can be a little confusing sometimes. But they're not so hard that you can't figure them out. They make you feel smart. Um, but it it's not – it's it's visually a spectacle in a very awesome way, and it controls really well. It's a very basic game, though. 
it's a super basic game. There's not, uh, and they're not doing anything that you wouldn't find in like a regular platformer, with the exception that there are VR interactions, which is awesome. And uh, but it is one of the best looking VR games I've played, and it's so polished. Uh, Moss one and two, and the only other thing that I have to say about Moss is it feels like a children's book. So it it's like a fairy tale book. So if you're into that, great. But if that's not really up your alley, you might not fully appreciate the story or what's going on. But the gameplay and the way the game plays is enough to carry the game. But I enjoy Moss Book 2. been playing Grand Theft Auto 7 in VR. Uh, VR 2, oh my god. It's so good. So amazing. Jake, I saw that you were decorating a car yesterday. Um, Sarah showed me oh, a Sarah picture. Sarah showed you that picture? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't go into detail what it was. I'll let I, you do that. Just, um, but uh, it's so funny. I, uh, I I just was dicking around, no pun intended, with that uh, the, that that editor because I don't. I didn't even know I don't you have could the patience the for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't know you. Yeah, could I, I I don't have the patience for that kind of stuff where you can like you can like fully customize you know the graphics with all these decals and make everything Sponsors look awesome and. Shit. and and sponsors and all this shit and places where all over like I'm sure people spend hours fucking with that stuff, but like Dude, I spent a lot of time making the PSTIA suit and hat helmet. I spent a lot of time it took a yeah. while to do that. I wish I could just send them I'm to sure you. It did. Can you just pull those off the network? Can I make those available? You might be able to. You might be able to share them. I don't I don't really Dude, know. Dude, we need to have a racing team. <laughs> That'd be so rad wearing the same fucking gear. That'd be so cool. Uh, it would be it would be kind of neat. Uh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Seven is great. I I don't know where you are. I just got my Class A license. Um, but uh, I really like this game, and that it doesn't feel overwhelming. Uh, they pepper you through it through the cafe. Uh, the cafe is what the game has always needed. Now it maybe it's had it in iterations before. I haven't played Grand Theft Auto for such a long time, but. Dude, I don't know about you, but I like that you have a checklist of things you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, and on top of it, you can just do whatever you want to do, race the races, buy different cars, do the things, take the photos, you know what I mean, do the online. But I like that it gives you it's like here, if you wanna wanna learn this game and you wanna get good at this game and you wanna learn a little bit about history of cars and you want to have some things on your checklist you know instead of just racing and just seeing how fast you can complete a track or what your best lap time is or like what place you can get you know or how well you can spec out a car here go this way here we're gonna go this way player you do the shit at the cafe and that's all i've been doing it's been really fun it's been enjoyable Jake? It's a – so I've been playing quite a bit of Gran Turismo 7 too just because it's so it's so fucking good in <laughs> VR. It's it's I can't even – it's the most fun I've had playing VR probably ever. I'm, I'm not even fucking around. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I'm glad, and, I'm glad uh, you found a game finally. And uh, I will say that – the cafe reads to me a little bit like a like a, a video game sized tutorial, mm, mm-hmm. but like but but in a way that doesn't make you like irritated that you're playing a tutorial because it has all this history and stuff. I love it. I will admit that like I do get a little bit uh, 
impatient sometimes with having to like go back and forth and back and forth to the fucking you know cafe and like you know listen and reading it listen to this guy fucking talk nonstop and all this stuff i like the the sequences where he's telling you about the cars and everything yeah. when you complete the challenges but like all this shit like when you're first getting your challenge or whatever and he's just like I want you to do this. You should do this. Go over here and do Go this. Talk to Bob at the cars garage. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I like understand that a lot fine. of that. Yeah, a lot of that is just him explaining mm. to you the world and how to use all the different features of the game and stuff like that, which mm. is, which is fine. I don't have my class A license yet. I have not been asked to do it, mm. so I just. I got my class. Basically, the there was a, a request for him to do like the you do like the first challenge of the class B license, and when he did that, I was just like, "Fuck it!" I did all of it and got like went all the way to the end of the class B. Yeah, and then uh, and then now I'm just kind of doing everything in order, mm. and then if he asks me to do the class A or whatever, then I'll do that. Did you do the Mustang races yet? The Mustang cars. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, those are I'm on the the menu with the with the American cars. I just did uh, I just did the Laguna Seca race, mm. um, which is that that track is a class like it's it's probably in terms of like non NASCAR tracks, mm-hmm. it's probably the most famous road racing track in America, North America. I wish they yeah. And just a little commentary on Grand Tours of Seven. Being a non-racing uh, guy, right, I, I'm not really a fan of well, – I can't sit down and watch racing. So I didn't even know that. I, I've heard Laguna Sega, but I didn't know that that was like the one. Like I wish like for as much detail as they give to the cars, it would be really cool if they gave you a quick breakdown of all the tracks and they told you a little bit of history. You know, that would be cool. It would be It would be really neat to have some of that. It was cool like because I've, I've raced – not like in real life, but in like uh, Ride Four and in the MotoGP games, I've raced at Laguna Seca just because it's a it's just a famous track, and so it's cool to see like that was the only track in the entire game that I've played so far that I knew what was coming when I was racing the track, <laughs> and they were and it was accurate. Like none of, of it course. was you know sometimes it's like weird from game to game on stuff like they kind of put their own little spin on it. Yeah. But like it seems like these simulation games do everything they can to try to make the tracks mm. as like real as possible, which is awesome. Yeah. Um so just a couple of things then we can move on from GT7 because it's I mean, I could talk about it all all night. Yeah, we but, both could. Um but I uh, so the first thing is that my least favorite thing that I've done so far is the um, the the races in Japan where you're like racing in the street. Like oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're kind of tight. They're they're tight and they're like they're not they're not easy to navigate. I mean, there's no like because you, your vision is blocked almost everywhere you go because you're going through tunnels and all this stuff. And I guess, you know, that makes it more challenging and people might kind of like that or whatever. But um, I prefer the more dedicated circuits mm. that are clearly racetracks designed for racing. Interesting. Just in terms of like 
like my interest in the game. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those road courses, but you no. know what I mean. I dig the road um, courses. Yeah. Let me let me interject the, real quick. Uh, Did you, have you done any night driving? Any night racing? Yeah. Have, when cars get behind you, dude. I dude. I'm gonna be honest with you. The fact that like in VR you can actually use your mirrors and stuff is fucking clutch. It is yeah. so awesome. Like yeah. I remember this this one race I was doing last night. I was it was one of those road courses in Tokyo or Japan or whatever yeah. and I didn't have a very well specced car so I was struggling to kind of keep up mm. with the leaders and so when I would pass somebody I could use my mirrors to like keep my car in front of the person behind yeah, box me box them out yeah to to try and keep them from passing me which is not something that's easy to do when you don't have that ability mm. with that VR kind of where you can look like you normally would in a car and it's so natural too. The the way that the the headset feels, it's so natural to just look at the mirrors and and see what's going it's on around weird. you. It's yeah, it's cool. Um, what about the, the lighting? That I will though, say when cars get behind you at night, the headlights. It's cool. I mean, it works pretty good. And like I did, I did one race in the rain, and like your wipers come on, Dude. and and that's when the cool. interior at night in your car starts glowing because there's a car right on your ass with bright like lights on it's fucking wild yeah. it's just like what it's the good. fuck this looks like there's literally a car right behind me and you're right the rain the rain has been my my most enjoyable environmental thing um there was one track with the class b license and i'm sure you raced it like the second lap the rain would hit do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And it makes it tough. It makes it tough because and you're all flying your, around that corner. Stuff. Yeah, dude. And it, you just end up fucking running wide and, and shit the sound. You're, you're skidding. The rain just hitting the windshield, and you're like going fucking 120, and you're just like, oh fuck, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love it. It's so I, fun. Yeah, it's it's. You were gonna keep saying really, sorry. I cut you off from really my excitement. No, no, no. It's cool. Um so the last thing that I was just going to comment on before we sort of moved on was that I did one multiplayer race yeah. just, to, oh. just to see what it was all about. Yeah. And I got fucking demolished. But, like, I don't know that I'll do any multiplayer unless it's, like, you and I specifically Was it your car? Match. It's annoying because all of these races, they have specific car specifications. You have to have a certain performance points level and then and then – on top of that, your car has to be a specific type of car, whether it's front engine, rear right. drive, and all this shit. And then on top of that, your car has to have a specific type of tires. Yeah. So you've got a million and one pay all this shit to get a online. car. Yeah. And it's like I, I found a lobby that had people in it, and I'm like, okay, so I didn't want to do one that was like a super high spec race. I wanted it to be like a like a lower spec race, so I wasn't like yeah. getting in over my head in terms of speed and stuff. So I jump in. And I've got like 30 cars. Yeah, I've got a lot too. But yeah. it's like this car doesn't match. This car doesn't – none of the cars fucking match the specification of the race other than <laughs> the one that I made the special graphic on the no, side of. You raced that online? <laughs> so so that was the only one I had that would that would compete in that race. <laughs> so so I raced I raced that one. Um, your, your account's going to get fucking, banned. Got fucking demolished. I like and the idea of someone was, passing you in VR and just looking over and seeing this big wiener on the side of your freaking car. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Like someone just looking and just like your guys in there like this. 
to to be clear to the audience, so now that the cat's out of the bag, I made a a car with a giant wiener decal on the side a of it. Phallic shape. And I did it. I because I was I was tr- I was experimenting with this uh, this like place in the game where you can like do custom decals and all this stuff. And uh, I my my <clears throat> wife was actually doing a game night with Fred and some other people. And uh, I was at home because I wasn't – I just wasn't feeling well from the week of work. And I was playing and when she texted me, I was like – as a joke, I made this car specifically to send – take a picture yeah. and send it to her. Yeah. And then after that, I did this race and it was the only car that, that I available. had available. So, <laughs> so, so, so I did this race with a fucking Miata with a dong on the side of it. And I'm sure the, the um, people in the race were just like, who, who is this fucking 12-year-old probably – probably doing this race and uh yeah but i got destroyed i but like i said i mean i imagine that if you get really into it like the online stuff becomes a lot easier because you're in specific classes and things like that and you're specking your vehicles to accommodate for that but like for me who someone's just like you know flailing around in this universe it was kind of a challenge but i like the idea of like um you know, setting up a race just for like us to do, mm. and then, or even like if listeners want to jump, yeah, on played by Ken, jump just in. like a, just be like a, fucking, I don't know, race like s- slow cars or something, one black you know what I mean? like like yeah. like hatchbacks or something, like because honestly, mm. in my opinion, it's cool getting that sense of speed when you're racing those really fast cars. Yeah. But I think like the little hatchbacks and stuff are just so fun to drive. They're just as challenging they, though too to stay with the pack. If if people are hitting their, their their corners right and accelerating right and shifting right, you know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta kinda have a good idea about how to take the turns. Now are I I am using the brake zones. I think last time I said I wasn't, but I'm getting those well, so when you're when you're when you're manually shifting, uh it displays what gear they recommend you be in for the turns do you get that or no like i don't know no. what how come no, i it, get it that? basically so it's because you're in you're you're doing manual transmission i i'm using an automatic transmission okay. so it i use the 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 braking zones and honestly the reason why i do it is because the way that they they set up the We'll call it the single player, which is like the whole cafe thing and everything. Mm-hmm. You don't get an opportunity to really learn any of these tracks. No. It's like you do two laps on this track and then you don't fucking go back to it again for like ever. Yeah. Unless you want to sit there and run that track over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to be racing like different tracks every fucking time I'm racing, it's hard enough as it is. Yeah. At least tell me when to start breaking because I've never seen this corner before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I put that on, but I did notice there was a couple of times when I was playing last night where – the game just didn't fucking put braking markers on there for me. Interesting. Like randomly. Yeah. And I just slammed into the wall at full yeah. speed because there was – because I was expecting it to be mm-hmm. there. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do use them but I, I, I've I been running like the – I'm doing like the like uh, fully manual braking and acceleration and all that. Yeah, I'm doing that. Um, I'm just not doing the manual shifting. Uh, you should try and, it, dude. It's real fun when you get it. Yeah, I'm sure that it's I'm sure that it's really fun. 
Like when you're going um, uphill, like little mini hills on some of those some of those tracks, it is awesome to like shift down just to get a little extra boost and like whip around people. Like <laughs> you go real fast up the hill, you know? It's fucking rad, dude. Um, the one thing that I'm know. sure that they don't, um, and I, like I'd be curious to see what your setup is in terms of like the your 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 accessibility settings. I don't know what they call. I'll them. screen grab it and your, put it up or whatever somewhere. Because like, because um, if you put it in like fucking fully hardcore mode, now I think that the races that we're doing at least early on are not long enough for this to matter. Yeah. But like eventually you have to worry about like your tires wearing out mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. I don't know if you notice there's tire gauges and stuff on yeah, the screen while you're driving. And they will decrease as you go, mm-hmm. but like all the races are like two lap races. So it's not like you're really I just put I literally the first thing I do when I get a new car as I go to the tuning shop buy the softest fucking tires you can buy and then buy the weight reduction and if I need a little bit of little bit extra juice I put a turbocharger in it and then it's like spec to within whatever I need I haven't bought any cars at all yeah. other than the first car they make you buy I bought a gold because thing. like I don't know what it was it was awesome because I don't know I just I, it's it's a little bit overwhelming so I got to kind of stick with like I got to like stay in my lane a little bit with what I'm doing because if I try to get – that's why I don't do any of the decal stuff. That's why I don't – because that's just like if I get overwhelmed by this stuff, I'm not going to want to play it. I just got to kind of stick to the drive. All right. Well, last last Grand Theft Theft Auto, Gran Turismo 7 question for you. As you complete the things with the cafe, they give you those little bonus awards. You go back to your garage – and you can use them, and it's like uh, it's like Wheel of Fortune, like it goes, and it and it spins, and then it always lands. Uh, there's sometimes you get a car, sometimes you can get like upgrade shit, like you know parts for your car. Sometimes you just get like a lot of cash, a lot of credits, and then I have never gotten anything. But the smallest possible amount of money on that spinner thing. And I've done it so many times now. Have you gotten anything but like the bare minimum, like the worst option? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not know that's what those fucking tickets were for. Yeah, dude. Go, I've never done Go it. to the garage. I was wondering the other – I was wondering the other – last night actually, I was like, I got one of these tickets. I was like, what? I don't know what the fuck this It'll is. give you a lot of credits, dude. It, like I think like at least five thousand usually like the word like the lowest is five thousand. But sometimes you can get lucky and it, the light will land on a car and you get a new car. Sometimes you'll get like that's cool. They'll have like a big pile of of money and they'll have a smaller pile of money and then like a really small pile of money and then a, like maybe dude how bad cars. how bad do you fuck up other cars when you're driving? Not too bad, man. Do you, no, do you try to be do you try yeah. to be as clean as oh, possible? Oh yeah, because you you I get did, credits for that. I, I do too, but like sometimes I do accidentally fuck people up. Oh, and it happens on accident for sure. But I really try to like stay out of the dirt. And the, th- the other oh, thing dude. too that I've noticed is that at least the way that my game is set up, or maybe it's just because I'm still early in the game, it doesn't give you any um, like track limits penalties or anything like that. No. Which is a thing in like whenever you have like everything unlocked full hardcore. Maybe mode. yeah, so. that's probably most hardcore. I I get really irritated when the when the computer player fucks me up. Like I'll uh, I'll pass on a corner or something and I'll I'll be just in front of them. And they'll just do the old police maneuver where they just 
hit the back corner of my car on your back tire. and they spin yeah. me out. And I, I get so mad because I'll be like on my way to like the top three. And uh, I think they do it on purpose or maybe I'm just slowing down and they can't break and they tag my car. But like, dude, nothing's more infuriating than getting spun out by the P- by, by the AI. Like it's so annoying. So I don't know. I think maybe it adopts like if you if you drive more aggressively than they do. I don't know. Um, but anyways, let's move on to the next thing. The other game I'm playing, Mass Effect 3. I'm, I'm enjoying it now. I'm in the pocket with this game. I'm enjoying it. Um, one thing that is driving me crazy, and then we'll talk about one more game I'm playing or have tried, and then Jake will see if you've been playing me else. The thing on Mass Effect 3 that kills me is when you're in orbit, you can't view your mission list. Why? Why can't I go? You have to, like, you have to back out to the freaking normandy Dude, i'll be honest with you like kind of in in a similar vein with like shit that bugs me about that mm-hmm. it, that game is um how a lot of missions kick you to the when you f- complete them they kick you to the communications room and you have to walk all the fucking way back to and the then you got to stop in shit. front of that glowy thing yeah because like it had to load on the ps3 right. so they like make you do that but it makes it look That's like really they're scanning you for something and it's like Okay, yeah, yeah. Why don't they kick you right back to the Mission Central area? Like, yeah, that's so stupid. Which is weird because they did that. I think they did that in the other games. Yeah, and another least, thing that really – At least on a lot dude. of the – yeah, anyway, go ahead. Well, the other thing that really bothers me about that game is the uh, – in order to um, – I don't know what the word is. To uh, vault over things, you have to crouch first next to it. That's so fucking archaic and terrible. It's like double tap X. Yeah, it's like you get up behind it and then get, you jump over. You can't just jump over things. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't need to. Yeah, go, if right. we're gonna do a podcast, yeah. we don't need to go too deep. It's driving me crazy. It, but yeah, it's it, the third. The third. The cover base shooting in that game is is pretty it's bad. Stupid. In all of them, yeah. all of the Mass Effect games. And then I, I was talking to you about this, Jake. I'll just mention it for the listeners real quick. Uh, I did jump into RE Village VR and. It was late. I was tired. And um, the tutorial is insane. You don't get this tutorial in the game unless you're playing it in VR. And uh, it's, from what I understand, it operates a lot like how Half-Life Alex integrates VR um, in that your hands are independent now. Um, in Resident Evil Village, they're not. Like, it's you're just playing like this and your guy's just doing the things. You reload. He just fucking reloads. In this, it's very, very VR reworked in that there's a lot of dark areas and uh, to use your flashlight, you have to take your hand. The people who are watching YouTube will see what I'm saying. Take your hand and you reach over and you pull open your jacket and you look down and you reach in and then you got to click to grab and then you have a flashlight in your hand. And then you got to click like the triangle or whatever button it is and then you have to fucking point it wherever you want the flashlight to be. So this hand then is you got to like arm a weapon, I guess, if you're scared you're going to get attacked. So you have a knife here and you can pull a knife out here. You got to keep it keep it clasped. If you let go of the button, you drop the weapon. And then you got to like find it again. It just come it comes right back. You don't lose it, but you, you got to like find it again. And you're like, you know, the sniper weapon's here. I think the shotgun's back here. Uh, I don't know where the medicine is. And I know inside this you have landmines. So it's like you have all the shit, and then on your leg you have an ammo pouch. So 
it's all the ammo for all your guns, but every gun loads differently. So if you have a shotgun, it's already a resource management game to a degree, not as much as like maybe older Resident Evil games, but you want to have ammo. You pull the shotgun out, wherever it is, boom, you got it. And then you're like, oh shit, I don't have any shells in here. So then you got to go like this with the VR controller. You got to grab the shells and you got to you got to grab a shell. You got to fucking grab a shell. In the meantime, if guys are coming at you, like in the regular game, you just hit reload and your guys are and you're good and you can go. In this fucking game, you got to fucking act that shit out while people are coming at you. It's so scary. Um the handgun, it's just a bottom loader, um, but you do have to rack it from the top to, to like get it ready, and uh, that's kind of interesting. And then the sniper weapon, um, it's bolt action. So instead of turning it this way, because the bolt's on the opposite side if you're right-handed, you got to turn it this way. And so you load it this way, and then you got to turn it this way, and you got to grab the bolt, and you got to fucking do the thing, and then the shell comes out or whatever, and then you got to shoot, boom, and then you got to and you got to fucking shoot. Dude, it's the the motions for village. It's really fucking rad. But I have switched it to easy difficulty because I'm not about to get fucking trounced because I'm trying to figure out how to load my gun. So I could actually see somebody being like, Aah! and like just letting go of the thing and then dropping their weapons and getting killed. So that's like the next level of immersion. It's awesome. But I was kind of freaked out. I got as far as – I know you don't even play the game. There's a part – where you are introduced to the village, right? The village shows up and you get down in the snowy area and some shit goes down. You remember the trailer for this? They had like that, that old guy in the in the shack or whatever. And he's like, and, and the graphics are really good. That part shows up and then it's like your first, it's your first uh, experience with fighting a bad thing, right? And there's a... It's a jump scare, and uh, dude, it's it's way like scarier than Resident Evil Seven was that I can remember. Like this game, like it just feels a little more creepy than Seven, which is hard to believe because Seven was terrifying. This game, for whatever reason, it might be that now that I I'm, my brain is more like this is me instead of just holding like the dual sense, like you know what I mean? Like it's it's fucking me up a little bit. But I'm going to jump in, dude. I'm going in. I, I'm not going in yet, though. i got to beat Moss Book 2, and I want to buy Pavlov. Jake, are you playing anything else? Um. So, let's see. We talked about GT7. Yeah. Um, I'm still playing. I've still been playing uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. Still awesome. Still really enjoying it. Mm. Don't really need to go into it because I'm going to be playing that game for a while probably. Uh, but when listeners of the show will know that, like, when I go on work trips, I take my Xbox Series S with me because so, I don't want to risk damaging my PS5. So I don't, you know, I don't, I always take my Series S because it's small, it's easier to pack. I don't really care so much if it gets destroyed, yada, yada. Um, so I started playing, I played two different games while. I was on my trip this week. One of them was many people may have heard of the game Hi-Fi Rush, okay. which was a, a it was like a shadow drop for freaking for uh, um, Xbox. That is a game developed by Tango GameWorks, who is the game the company that made the Evil Within series. So 
it's pretty interesting that they went from making these survival horror games, The Evil Within and The Evil Within 2, to making this, like, third-person anime action game that's like a rhythm game. Dude, it's so fucking good. I wish that it was on PlayStation because I think that you would really like it. It's like, I say it's a rhythm game, but your attacks are locked into the rhythm. You cannot, you cannot miss the beat, as it were, yeah. like you can with a game like, um, what was that game that was like Doom? Uh, hell, you know hell, what I'm talking about? Uh, hell, uh, Jeez, there's so many games, man. I know. I want. Ah, it's gonna. We played the demo, and it was like bullets per minute and stuff like what that. Was you know what was it? Hell, hell scraper, hell, hellbringer, <laughs> hell, hellbringer, hell. No, hell, no, not hell diver, uh, hell, hell screamer, hell. God, hell, doom rhythm game, hell metal, hell singer, hell singer. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, so that game now. is awesome, but that game is awesome, but you like really have to hit on the beat to make the game kind of worthwhile. This game is like when you attack, it always makes your attacks happen on the beat, even if you hit early or hit late. But if you hit the button at like on the beat, it gives you bonuses. And so the game is still playable even if you're not good at the rhythm part. And it's just like this it's i don't know i don't really know how to describe it this isn't an xbox podcast so i'm not going to really go into it too much but if you're in, if you do have an xbox and you have game pass and you're interested um this game is awesome so just go check out hi-fi rush it's really cool it's getting really good really good response from from uh the audience so yeah. um and it's a nice surprise nobody knew this was coming and it came out and people love it so that's awesome but in addition to that, which it, I'm playing a game that is relevant to the show because it's cross-platform, I uh, started Atomic Heart. Oh, wow. Okay, so, yeah. I'm curious to um, hear what you have to say about this because I've heard a lot of different things. So that. I'm like – I'm probably three or four hours into Atomic Heart. Um I'll say two things. So, so there's a lot of hubbub online about the dialogue of the main character because he just doesn't fucking shut up. Uh, like think uh, if you played Forspoken or you played the demo for Forspoken, we talked about how annoying it was that like Cuff and Freya were talking to each other and they were just like – the dialogue, dialogue was just bad and fucking annoying. This is like a lot more – cheeky and tolerable but i can see how it would annoy some people um like there's there's like kind of i don't i don't want i don't know if it's really developed into a meme yet but there's something that the main character says all the time that is just fucking hilarious to me he, he says like one of his exclamations is the term crispy critters which to me is just hilarious yeah he'll just be like instead of being like holy shit he'll be like crispy critters it must be a I'm russian like, thing is that a russian fuck? thing it might be a Russian thing that I just don't understand. But Speaking of which, can I say I one thing? Uh, yeah. Played by Ken wrote in and he left a comment and he said like, uh, I had this really long comment written about it, but I can't be asked with writing it again. Asked. A-S-S-E-D. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, is that an Australian thing? And he was like, yeah, I think that's the Australian coming out. I can't be asked for doing, you know, with dealing with this again. Like, fucking love it. Go ahead. Sorry. This Countries have their own um, sayings, pardon it. Yeah. So weird. So this game has strong, 
strong Bioshock Infinite vibes. Like they were clearly inspired by this. Yeah. And on top of that, there's like a there's a there's a type of enemy that I just started encountering that's very Last of Us. Okay. Which is interesting. So like there there is some stuff going on there. The the so positives, the atmosphere, the lore, the world, everything is fucking dope about this game. The combat is a little like it's a little tough. The control it feels a little bit wonky, which can make it kind of challenging for some people, I think. Um, and it is difficult. I actually had to drop the combat of this game to easy because I literally, excuse me, I could not get very far at all with it on normal wow. difficulty because right. it's just so hard to fucking dodge these heavy attacks that these enemies throw and stuff. They knock you down all the time and stuff. But the other thing that I will say, and I actually really hate it when games do this, is that, you know, like you have to pick up resources to upgrade your gear in a lot of games. Yeah. This, it's like, and sometimes there's a balance as to how much shit you have to pick up to do your upgrades. In this, it's like you got to pick up so much shit all the time to be able to so like you're constantly everywhere you go you're picking up stuff all the time all the time all the time I'm like this is a fucking shooter like i don't want to have to do this i want to just like naturally get resources mm-hmm. and then when i get to a, a store be able to buy something and if i want to go out of my way to get some more stuff that's fine but i don't want to be having to sit here and fucking just gather resources 50% of the time when i'm playing the game i'm picking shit up and it's annoying yeah, you don't be asked with but that. i <laughs> I yeah, but I but I will yeah, but I will say that they do introduce introduce this mechanic that I wish more games would introduce, where you can just hold down the let's say the pickup button. Oh it's like yeah, like a vacuum cleaner, and it gets and everything. Just fucking like it just like sucks shit out of drawers and shit like that. It's it's pretty neat that they added that feature, but to me, it says like. Maybe you just have too much shit. Like I shouldn't have to have you this shouldn't feature. Be. Maybe you just have right. too much shit right. in the game. Right. Um but I will say that I am intrigued. I almost gave up on playing it because Oh dude. So so like this is a little mini sidebar. I've never really had too much of an issue with input lag on games, console games. But something that I never really thought about Hotel fucking TVs do not have low latency inputs. Mm. A lot of them. So there's no game mode. There's none of that shit. And you don't realize how much of that stuff matters until you're trying to play a game that really depends on it. They're skimping on and you, man. You got you got to talk to your employer, man. You need to get better hotel rooms. Just fucking dude. It's, it, dude, I've played. I've stayed in. in fucking fancy hotel rooms i've stayed in shitty hotel rooms none of them take into account people wanting to maybe hook a console up to their television they'll have these like fucking gross ass like cable boxes on them that you have to pass through with your hdmi and all this so shit. sick of these adults. it's fucking horrible yeah fuck all hotels that and another like mini sidebar is that why is it that every single hotel room that you go to like all the outlets are worn out. Like you plug your fucking phone charger into it and it just falls out because yeah. the outlet is way overused. Replace this shit once a year. That's all I'm asking. They probably haven't replaced this fucking outlet in 10 years. So I try to stick my damn phone charger in it and it doesn't charge. 
because it won't make good connection. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All I'm saying is fuck hotel rooms. Yeah. If, if there's any hotel managers that are listening to this podcast, I'm telling you right now. Get your shit together. People would appreciate it if you just replace the fucking outlets in your hotel room once a year. That's all I'm saying. As it but turns out, every anyway. listener of the show is a hotel manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but as far as uh, Atomic Heart goes... Like it was almost unplayable in the hotel. Dude, that like, does I was suck. having such a hard time. Like I would I was doing this thing where I'd flick the stick and it would take like a second before my So it was the T V, it wasn't moved. the game. Well I was like I was like, Wow, this game must be fucked. Yeah. And then I got home and I downloaded it on my PC because I have Game Pass, so I just installed it on my PC because I have a gaming computer and it worked totally fine. It was way better to play. And I was just like, you know what, let me let me try it on my Xbox on my TV at home. Yeah. And it 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 was way better playing it at home. That's so Everything weird. was way snappier, worked way better. So I was like, oh, it was this fucking TV in the hotel room that was the problem. But that said, I can definitely see why people think this game is like a seven out of ten, if that makes any difference. Like it's it's not like it's so close and they just need to tighten up the combat, get rid of some of this fucking shit. Where you're just picking up stuff all the time, and but because the world and the lore and everything, I love the idea of like it being from the Russian perspective. I think it's so cool. Like I get, I get. There's all this fucking hubbub about like, oh, don't support it because it's a Russian game and blah blah blah. And I'm not taking anything away from the conflict in Ukraine, but completely aside from that, it's a pretty cool game. Yeah. I love that we're getting a different perspective here. And yeah, we usually it's not don't like it's propaganda games. or anything. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it anyway. Not yet. Just wait. Jake's going to beat Atomic Heart and then they will have brainwashed him. Like Cobra Commander like would have like brainwashed Jake through playing this game. Like that's Cobra's way of getting to children. And they flash these subliminal messages in this video game Atomic Heart. And then before you know it, Jake's like moving to Russia. I'm going to be fucking pro-Russia after that. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, that's a sorry, we've, been, we've been going on forever on games we're playing. But well, it's about time. We haven't on. been playing shit for quite a while, so I'm glad you played that. Um, I um, two two quick things um, as we're talking about games we're playing. I did not play, but uh, my nephew Austin is really into turn-based games, and uh, he had been talking about Octopath Traveler Two the other day and he said it oh, he yeah. said it looks awesome he said it's really really good he's loving it dude you should play it you've you played it? Play it i i have not played it yeah. but if it's anything at all like the first game yeah. i think you would really like i have 50 dollars psn so i have 50 dollars psn store credit and uh while i do want octopath 2 uh, i think there is a crew assembling to play pavlov in vr lj is just bought it. I'm gonna. We're all can you gonna play be, it by yourself. Yeah, you can play it by yourself. Okay, good to know. He also has Demio, which is no. I'm asking. Oh God, I don't know. I thought you said you could. Uh, no, I'm asking. I don't know. I don't because if you if you can't if you cannot play it by yourself, I'm out. But if you can play it by yourself. I would buy it with the interest in playing it and potentially playing with you guys occasionally. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So, yeah. So, while we're podcasting, LJ said that he bought it. He also bought Demio, which I want to get. And and that is single player, I found out. Um, But here's the thing. He writes, 
Fred, I just met up with an old friend today. I hadn't seen in five years. Found out he just got a PS5 a few months back and just bought a PSVR 2. A buddy of his came along too, and he has a PSVR 2 as well. I think I got them thinking about Pavlov. I also I also dropped your podcast to him. LJ, thank you so much. And then literally LJ, two others, me and you, and then whoever else listens to the show wants to get, fucking get Pavlov. Dude, I'm all in. Let's do Pavlov. Let's. It's only thirty dollars. It's a cheaper game. It's only thirty bucks. I've been I've been seeing that it's like a must play VR two game. It's supposed which to be rad. Yeah, pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah, I, I, I want to get something else that I can use to use my my sense controllers with because I've been literally. You don't have Moss GTA yet. 7. No, no. Jesus, um, Jake. That's a, that's a miss. That's a misstep. I know, but I don't get the know. bundle, I just, dude. I, is it even available anymore? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I'm telling you, uh, I mm. it feels a little rinse and repeat sometimes, but they they're giving you new shit as you play through in this Moss Book too, and it's it's fun, dude. It's it's really impressive. It's it makes me want more platformers in VR. Anyways, let's move on to listener feedback. Which means you can be a part of this part of our show. All you have to do is write in on YouTube or write us a little comment on our Patreon website. And uh, on YouTube, Blip McDougal, which is LJ, he's on this Pavlov fucking kick. He goes, dude, I'm getting Pavlov soon. We need a PSTIA squad. Love y'all. <laughs> he's, he's 100% sold on it. It's funny because I was at work on break and uh, I saw this. Uh, Reddit post about people being like Pavlov 2 is the way to go if you have PSVR 2 and I just forwarded him the thing and he's like he goes Fred I'm getting it I don't need this he goes just kidding love you bro <laughs> he goes I'm getting it like I'm getting the game you don't need to sell it to me I know he's been reading the thing tell him to get Gran Turismo 7 as well yeah that ca- yeah. he doesn't have it yeah I mean whether you like racing or not it's still cool J1 writes in this is this is the most controversial subject um he he writes. Am I even gonna like? I'm gonna read this word for word, word for word. J1 writes, "Quote: I watched and hearing your last episode podcast. Take it easy, guys, because I am not a bot. Plus, Gran Turismo is still number one." <laughs> End quote. And everything is intercapped. Every every word. Is a capital letter starting with. So I wrote, yes, LOL, we love you, J1. This post made my day, Fred. Full apology coming in episode 266. He writes back every word intercapped. P.S. This is awesome. PlayStation Podcast. Thanks. J1, you're making it really hard to believe you, man. <laughs> <laughs> apology given. I am sorry if 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 you are a true listener of this show, if you really are, you have to be some amazing AI to comb through our full audio podcast and be able to say, take it easy, guys. Like, you have to be human. But why is every letter capitalized in the beginning of every song? It's just confusing. I think you're messing with us. I think you're real. Thanks for listening. That's where, I, that's where I'm falling on it. A J, J1 the question is bought or not? I'm going to say not bought. J1 not bought. I apologize. But I didn't mean it in an offensive way. We just thought you were a bot. 
in the way you're I mean you could be from another country you could uh, maybe not be great with writing or typing or understanding the English language I get that you know so I'm not going to criticize based on what you're writing but the fact that everything is capitalized first letter is strange to me maybe you're doing it on a phone maybe it's setting on your phone maybe you're just speed typing on your phone which could be possible so j1 i appreciate you listening um we have a patreon site <laughs> patreon.com slash ps this is awesome i'm kidding um no we do love you dude thank you for watching and uh, listen to our podcast uh apologies next one mando and I don't know who Mando is. Mando's recent to the podcast. So thanks for tuning in again, Mando. He goes, uh, you guys played Elden Ring? Thoughts on the DLC finally teased on the Twitter? And I said, Jake's played Elden Ring. We'll address this question on 266. Jake, is this in the in the show news or anything? Do you know anything about – I have not played Elden Ring. Yeah, so I do, I do have a news point in here about uh, the fact that the – Elden Ring's first expansion, Shadow of the Erd Tree, was announced. And that is very cool. I am super stoked for the Elden Ring fanatics of the world, of which there are many, because I think that game sold like fucking 20 million copies or something, yeah. which is insane. Um, but I, I will say that as much as I loved my time with Elden Ring, that game just gets to a point – like those types of games – I'll dive in hard for like 20 or 30 hours and then eventually it just grinds me down enough that I just – I can't do it anymore. And Elden Ring, I got the, I got farther with Elden Ring than any other Souls-like game on the planet. I got like 30 hours into Elden Ring. Yeah. But then I finally got to a point where I was just like, I just want to play something easier. And I, I know that that sounds – that sounds really wimpy of me, but at the same time, it's like That's who you are. My time is you know? so precious yeah, when I'm playing games that like I don't want to spend the whole time on edge. So, Mando, I appreciate the write-in. I am excited for the DLC because I love the discourse around Elden Ring and I love watching the how it's being received, and I'm curious what they're going to come up with. Maybe it will drive me to jump back into it. Uh, but I never did beat Elden Ring specifically just because it was just too much for me. Um, but I do appreciate the game and I think that it is an amazing title. Mm. Well, thanks for responding to Mando because I have zero experience with that. Hopefully I don't lose gamer cred, um, because I haven't played Elden Ring. I've played a lot of games. I, that one just didn't, those Souls-like games don't really... I don't know, man. My time, like Jake said, like my time is just so precious. Uh, we sound like a bunch of like, oh, we're too good to play that game. Our time means more. It's just like, I don't know. I think what it is is like I have a lot of irons and a lot of fires. Like I got two bands. We do this podcast. We've been doing the Last of Us podcast. Um, I work a full-time job. I've got a family. I like to play board games. I have to write songs. I got to record songs. Uh don't have a ton of time to sit down and, and invest in a game like Elden Ring and really learn the ins and outs. If I had infinite time or if I was retired right now, dude, I would totally be trying it for sure. But great question, Mando. Thank you. And then um, One Black Talon says, let us know if you get Demio since it's a board game, Dungeon RPG. One Black Talon, yes, uh, I'm going to get it. Do you, do you have a VR too? Because he keeps, he keeps asking about the uh, – 
how am I going to store it and stuff? I think one black talent went in on VR two. If you have one, um, if you have Pavlov or interested in that, dude, jump on in. Uh, you, I don't know that we're buds on the PSN anchorless underscore 81. I'll game with you. Um, we'll get some Demio stuff going. It'd be fun for sure. Build this community up. Mando writes back. I, I love that Mando is like catching up on lost podcasts. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I'm in, he's writing us. Uh, I want to talk about this one because I think this is an interesting question. What's your guys' thoughts how most of the games coming out on PSN seem to be these low-effort indie games? So many side-scrolling or platform games looking like they are for the Sega Genesis. No quality control, Sony? My response to Mando was, retro-looking games did make a comeback for a while. PlayStation have taken some efforts to remove or prohibit trophyware or junk games. Some of the side-scrolling Sega-looking games you're seeing still have a place in gaming. And I said, there was a point where I was getting really sick of them, though. Um, we were getting a lot of these kind of games for a long time. And, like, every game started to kind of... It, it, they lost the uh, the novelty, it was like, okay, cool, pixel art, 16-bit, cool. But, like, what else do you have? Are you a good game or are you just, like, copying this retro style? Jake? So this goes back – I don't know how old you are, Mando. But this goes back to uh, the early days of the Xbox Live Arcade. And if you've ever seen indie game The Movie, specifically games like um, Super Meat Boy – and Braid, and I think there was one other game that they covered in that movie. I can't really remember. But, um, and then leading into games like Shovel Knight, and uh, you want to talk about like Axiom Verge. Like, these are games that were made in that style that are quite frankly, better than a lot of AAA games that come out. And so, like everything in a capitalist industry, people take, they see that, and they run with it. And the thing is that these games are being made probably partially because when you say low effort, I'm kind of hesitant to use that terminology because I think that what it boils down to is less that these games are low effort and more that lower, lesser experienced developers now have access to PlayStation like they did not have before. Mm. So someone like me who has limited experience in coding could make a game and I could get it on PSN. It would not be a problem. All Jake would have to as do is use chatbot. Well, well, I could use that, but but I mean, like, <laughs> what I'm what I'm driving at is that like literally anybody can make a game now and and put get it on PSN. And I think that when you say is there a lack of quality control, I do believe that that is part of it. But at the same time, Sony also wants to make their platform available to. Everyone who wants to develop a Aspiring game now developers. does that. Yeah. Does it cause problems with clutter in the PSN? Yes, <clears throat> and it is a problem, and I don't know how you fix that. I honestly feel like it would. They would be better off having like a like a subset of the store that's like if you're not an. I don't don't take this word for Bowden, but like a list developer, 
you get released, you have like you're like in a subset of the PlayStation Store, right? Where it's like, okay, these are the these are the new teams. These are like the first time developers. These are the the lower budget productions. These are the so like if you're looking for something weird, you fucking go there and you can find what people are coming up with and let word of mouth kind of float the the games to the top and stuff. But right now everything is just kind of tossed into the same bucket and that's why we get these release lists every week where it's like fucking 40 games that are being released on PSN that week and 38 of them you've never heard of before. And so to me that doesn't necessarily mean that those other games are bad or that they they don't they're they're not worth publishing. Yeah. But that maybe there needs to be a little bit more discrimination on what is visible and how it is visible to the audience so mm. that it's not confusing to the average gamer. It's really like, – I shouldn't yeah. – if I'm a Call of Duty slash Madden player, I, I don't want to see all this shit on my store. Like I should be able to sort of like you know, customize my experience a little bit and you know – I guess maybe it's – I don't know. I really don't have the answer to this. I, I don't I, – but I but like I said, I'm hesitant to say that these are low effort because it could be that an inexperienced developer really developed – like dedicated their life to making this game. And just because they're inexperienced or it's their first game, it just may not be something that you've heard of. Or maybe it's not something that is really that great compared to something like an Axiom Verge or whatever. Yeah. So – um yeah. Interesting. Um yeah, so I just want to say one last thing about what you're saying and uh it's 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 a double-edged sword to be too controlling over what people see. Uh being a musician who has my music on all of the streaming platforms available um and never ever 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 will I be afforded the opportunity to just show up on, hey, what's new? Someone opens up iTunes. They're not going to see one of by land like when we release our new record. Never going to fucking happen. The only way, and it's and we're a good band. Uh, we just are. I mean, the bottom line is we write good music. Um, we've been doing it for a long time. We put out good good records. Object, obviously, you know, it, it's up to the listener. But if you like the style of music that we play, you're going to like our band. And... Uh, the only bands or musicians that I ever see when I get on Spotify or I get on Apple Music or I get on, you know, wherever are like the biggest of the biggest, right? So what that inherently will do is not only is it not only is it disheartening for aspiring musicians who want their stuff to be seen and heard by other people, um, it it also kind of uh is is discouraging to use those platforms um cuz i mean when you're an indie developer i i can probably compare that a little bit to being like an indie musician like we don't have a publicist we can't afford one we don't have a record label we live in a small town the only way for us to get noticed is probably to get lucky with a single somewhere and have it catch on somewhere and then a meme or something um, we can play shows every weekend and the only people who are going to know about us are the people that are interested enough to come out to our 
indie concert, right? So we are only ever being made available to people who are just generally interested in that shit. So the, the room for growth for other people to latch on and find what we're doing so so slim it's so difficult and i'm sure it's the same way for triple a game or uh, single a gamers or indie developers so if they know every time they put their shit on the playstation store it's just going to get sent to the back like that's incentive enough just not even try to fucking make a game because there's a lot of costs with that there's a lot of expenses with that so in a way i guess then you're getting games that are developed strictly mainly as labors of love, right? People who have their heart in it and they want to do it because it means something to them. And and generally speaking, those are the games that I want to play anyways. But there's got to be some middle ground in which we can get exposed to new titles um, if they put a rating system up. But then then the problem is, is you see the shit on Metacritic, right? Where people review bomb good shit and people like rate dumb shit really well. Because they think it's funny. And then it just fucks up the system. So I don't know of a good way to do this for video games. And I have yet to find a way to do it for my music. Um, so I, it's it's really a difficult scenario. And I get, as a consumer, it would be ideal not to be a bombarded with all these indie things that all look the same and all work the same. But like somewhere in the back of your your mind you have to remember that people this is somebody's livelihood this is somebody's somebody's game they, they spent time creating it and you know i'm not saying that me makes it good but it to some degree everybody should deserve a chance to have a little bit of promotion or something so long as it's meets some sort of criteria right as long as it's not i don't know some shit is just i mean 100 percent of the people will agree it's garbage Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Like there are games out there where it's like, yeah, I, I would never buy this ever, and everyone's like, yeah, me either. And it just shows up, and it's like right in your face on the PSN. I don't know how that happens. They've been working on this though. Sony's made some. They've taken some strides to, uh, you know, be a little stricter on the games that they are accepting. So I don't know. It's an interesting problem with just and what it is is it's 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 a strainer. It's a filter. Um, there's so much content out there. We see it with music. There's so many bands. There's so many cover bands. There's so many people just spewing out garbage that it's hard to find a strainer that just pulls out the good stuff for you. So well, the problem the problem is is it's kind of like a thing. I think a little bit in sort of economics it's kind of like when everybody has access nobody has access right if that makes any sense right so now the internet it used to be that if you were if you had the skill to make something and get on the internet and have a youtube channel and do all this stuff you had a really good chance of being noticed as long as you were persistent right but now because of the way that the internet is developed everybody can do anything all the time whenever they want for free so there's so much shit on the internet that there is – it's like winning the lottery if you get noticed. Like literally, it's like winning the lottery if you get noticed. Yeah, you can put the work in so, and the time in and have something really awesome, but you're never going to get noticed because there's so much static out there. And because of the way that capitalism works, and this is not a, a pitch for or against capitalism, right. but 
there are companies that control the market and they're willing to take money to float your shit to the top. Yeah. So that people can see it. That's right. how Spotify works. Yeah. That's how YouTube works. That's how all of these, that's how the PSN works. That's how all of these companies work. That's part of their revenue stream. Is it like, if you're willing to pay, and this is a real number, if you're willing to pay Sony $20,000, you can get an ad for your game on the PSN. Yeah. Well, that's how it was when, when we were in a band called Signal Home and we were touring our label and when we were signed. Our, our last band, we had Sony distribution and we, uh, our label, there was a site called Pure Volume and they would spend $5,000 every once in a while to get us on the front page. And we noticed a spike in interest in our band every time they did it. And it was like, this is ridiculous. Like it takes money to get seen. And uh, when you don't have the money, it doesn't matter how good your shit is. And that's why YouTube is the way that YouTube is. Once you start putting – once you have a big enough audience that you put ads on your on your YouTube channel, YouTube takes a cut of those ads, that revenue. They take a cut. So do you think they're going to put you in the back burner once they start making money off your channel? No, man. They're going to promote it. And then what? Your audience turns from like you know, 10,000 people to 25,000 people to fucking 40,000 people. And maybe you were making good content for five years before you finally got that first 10,000 or 10 years or 15 years. We've been a podcast for over 10 years. We haven't hit a number that YouTube cares enough about us yet. So, And it's like the same with video games. I really think it is. Unless you really do something awesome that catches on the right person sees it they share it someone else shares it someone else shares it and then before you know it you wake up the next morning and unfortunately a lot of times people wake up the next morning regretting what got circulated on the internet these days but sometimes it's really good stuff you know sometimes it's really good stuff and you know i don't know i don't know what the answer is man i don't know but i think everyone deserves a chance at least to, to have their game looked at same with music. I think everyone should should have a chance to have their music like show up randomly on somebody's phone when they're scrolling through the shit. And I'm not saying everybody's phone needs to show, you know, this or that. And I'm saying the PSN store for everybody needs to show that shitty AAA game when they load it up. But if they just had like this weird circulating thing where they just throw it out once in a while, like a like a random fucking game, just so you could see something different, um, that might be an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done with that answer. Mando, I hope that answered you. I hope that, uh, you know, you feel good about that. Um, Mando had one more. I don't really have much to say about it. He just had a comment. He said, I agree about the Suicide Squad gameplay. It looks bland based off the chat during the state of play. People weren't happy with any of it. Most are disappointed. I hope PS gives us something more exciting next time. I think we all felt that way about the state of play. I hope we get something really cool next time. Let's get into the news. Yeah, but Jake. Yeah. I think the general con- the general consensus on that is that like the narrative parts looked fucking awesome, and everything else looked boring. Yeah. So I was, we'll see though. Yeah, I was watching the uh, Digital Foundry guys, and they were talking about um, on their hundredth episode. They were talking about you know the one guy was like Harley Quinn with a Gatling gun flying around. Like that's not the Harley Quinn that we think of when we think of Harley Quinn. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? They're they're pretty much just saying like this game clearly. Was just being run, ran by Warner Brothers executives. Like 
the all the creative decisions probably were just being made by them because they wanted to make money as a games of a service games of service but yeah you know. i mean it, it's it's not it's not in a good place right now with what they've shown us um news let's talk about the Do news you want me to drive this what's that do you want me to drive it since I put it? To yeah, and I'll start writing shit down for the timestamps. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, as always, we get a lot of our news from Push Square. I like to pull a lot of stuff from Video Games Chronicle too. So we've pulled a lot of this stuff from both of those websites. Uh, you know, we don't put in-depth sourcing in our news points. We're just kind of reiterating. Just as long as you guys understand that we're just regurgitating shit that we see online. We're not breaking anything. We're not finding anything out ourselves. Um, The first thing I want to put on here is that even though neither Fred or I are much of uh, Fortnite, like neither of us really are into it or interested in it or have played it really, um, we know that some of our listeners are interested in Fortnite, which is makes sense because Fortnite is such a huge thing. And so data miners recently have found out that the immensely popular game is getting a first person mode this coming season, which is kind of interesting because Fortnite has always been a third person game. And I always found this interesting because I, even though I n- never really got into Fortnite, I did play PUBG for a little bit on PC way back when it first launched because it was such a phenomenon so i had to kind of check it out and PUBG has had first person mode basically since launch and it has always been widely considered the best way to play the game it's the most immersive the most competitive blah 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 now PUBG Mm. is obviously a little bit more there's a little bit more realism in that versus fortnite which is like a cartoon nightmare but um (laughs) Who knows how well this is going to translate to Fortnite? Because if you've ever watched videos of Fortnite, it's literally just people just erecting buildings out of nothing. And I don't know what the fuck is going on all the time because there's so much building and shit going on. Maybe the first person mode is not going to be able to utilize – like you're not going to – it's like different modes or whatever. I don't know. But um, I'm not sure if anybody's even excited for that. So if some of the people that listen to us, if you're interested in Fortnite, are you interested in a first person mode or not? I don't know. Let us know because that's kind of kind of intriguing to me that they're that they're finally introducing first person. They must have found that some of their audience was clamoring for it. Otherwise, why would they do it? Right. Uh, so I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Go ahead. I, I don't have anything to say about this news point. I, I've never even tried Fortnite, and uh, I've never even played PUBG. So this is so far outside of my understanding of video games. Um, you know, I don't look. I mean, look at my beard. Like, I, I don't fucking play Fortnite, man. I so PUBG was always interesting to me because it really did in the first person mode. The graphics are like semi realistic, the worlds are semi realistic. You drop into this island, it almost has like a um, like a Hunger Games or a uh, um. Battle Royale, the movie Battle Royale kind of feel <laughs> to it, awesome. where you're just like literally on this island and you're like, is there anyone around? And you're sneaking around and you're trying not to be seen and you're just trying to scavenge shit. And it seems like it's very immer- – it's it was a lot more immersive, especially in the first-person mode. But like whenever I kind of started seeing Fortnite and it's all – 
cartoony and everyone's kind of jumping around and it's all about skins and it's all flashy and colorful and people are building buildings and stuff yeah. and like it lost that kind of je ne sais quoi to me a little bit and that's why i never really got into it so i'm curious if first person mode will add a little bit back in to fortnite we'll have to see i don't know yeah i don't know um, what they're gonna do i and my comment about looking at my beard, I don't play Fortnite. That sounded kind of stupid. But what I meant was I'm, I'm fucking old. Like, I, I just don't have interest in that. I feel like the, the the age range of people that play Fortnite is much younger than myself, I think. I don't know. I just don't think, like, I would I'd really fit in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, news point number two Um According to a filing with the SEC, to- Sony is reportedly responsible for more than $3 billion or roughly 16% of AMD sales. So those of you who don't know who AMD is, AMD is a microchip manufacturer. They make CPUs for computers and consoles. They make video cards. They make all kinds of stuff. And considering how big they are in the PC space – and the fact the fact that Sony and Microsoft both use AMD for their chipsets, the fact that Sony is the largest contributor to their profits, huge. like single contributor to their profits or their revenue, is a testament to how vibrant the PS5 is, especially now that it's available and more people are able to buy them and stuff. They've sold like 30 million copies. It's such a good like system. Can, dude, and – kind of tangential to this i didn't put it in the news but there have been some reportings that sony is reportedly outselling the xbox series x and s consoles combined by like two to one which is pretty bananas after only two years yeah so i think i think sony's sitting at right around uh 30 million units in two years which is Pretty impressive. Um, I'm excited to see that now that PS5s are in the wild. I can imagine that's only going to increase. So good for them. I don't know if you have any comments on that. Yeah, AMD cool. Advanced Micro cool Devices is what they're, that stands for. Um, I think it, the, 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 it's just written on the wall there, right? Like it's just like this is this is just a fact right now. And we know there was a semiconductor shortage and all that stuff. So um, doesn't Sony – have like a ton of shares or something now in AMD or something? Don't don't they own a portion of AMD now or something? Aren't they like in cahoots? Or am I thinking of another company? I thought that they had gone into some sort of agreement with AMD. Sony bought into a few different companies in the last couple of years, but I don't remember if AMD was one of them. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Hold on one second. Um, dude... Sony bought into AMD. So while you're looking that up, I'll just say real quick that it has been confirmed that the PS Plus Essential Games for March will be what we talked about last week, which is Battlefield 2042, Minecraft Dungeons, and Code Vein. So not really a you know a bombastic news point. I just wanted to put that out there. Did you find anything? No. I, I just, just pretty much the thing that you're talking about is with the, okay. them just being their largest – customer i thought that they had some sort of not behind the scenes very very public but some sort of relationship i 
I could. I mean, the relationship is obvious. Sony's a really big customer of AMD, but I I thought it w- went a little deeper than that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. What's the What's the next news point? So the next thing I have on the list here, um, and I mentioned to Fred kind of before the show started that there really isn't a lot of news this week that's, at least as far as we're concerned, really all that interesting. Um, so I'm just kind of throwing some stuff out there. And one of the things that I found was kind of interesting mm-hmm. is that Sony has partnered with LeBron James to le- to release DualSense and PS5 console covers. So DualSense controllers and PS5 console covers. And I'm not sure why they did this. Like, it's kind of a weird thing. I don't know if it has anything to do with NBA 2K or anything like that. But they're actually pretty fucking cool looking. They're like this, like, kind of uh, graffiti art style. They're, like, black with, like, these neon kind of graffiti words and kind of designs on them. And... They look really cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to buy them. Yeah. But I think it's kind of neat that they're doing something like this. Like, I don't – maybe it means that they'll, we'll get more stuff like this in the future. Yeah, like there's some like inspiration quotes like on the dual sense. It says like nothing is given. Everything is earned. Uh, chosen ones. I don't know. I, I don't know what it means. Um, it must have something to do with LeBron, I would imagine. Um but, yeah, I mean, neither of us are really basketball fans, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to to really know what any of this stuff. I'm sure it's like his brand or whatever, but like because um, it's got all of the like the crowns and stuff like that yeah. and his signature. But uh, like Jankos. I don't know. I just think it's like they're they're black. The controller and the the covers for the console are black, and then they just have this like graffiti design really loud them. graffiti um, yeah like yeah and i think neon. like the like the controller specifically is just kind of neat looking should, i don't yeah. know like i said i wouldn't buy one but i think it's just interesting um yeah so anyway that's cool I, i'm just hoping that like this kind of means that maybe they'll partner with other people and we may see some stuff that we actually do care about uh you know in coming down the pipe or something like that yeah for sure kind of kind of neat um so moving on, the next news point is that – so I don't know if you saw this, Fred, but there was like 14 minutes of Dead Island 2 gameplay. Yeah, no, I didn't watch this it. Week. And uh, I was looking at it and I was watching it and it looks like it might actually be kind of decent. Honestly, to me, it just looks like Dying Light a little bit. Um, the, me- the characters running around with all these melee weapons that look like they were homemade. Kind of like in Dying Light, how you can like craft all those different types of weapons and stuff. These seem like maybe they're a little bit more. I never to be to be completely honest, I've never played a Dead Island game, so maybe you could do this in the original Dead Island game: is craft these kind of wacky uh, melee weapons and stuff. I've played Dead Island, but, but I don't remember. So it it, it just I mean it looks. For a game that's been so tortured in development, it's been through like three developers and uh, three different like three different studios over the course of like ten years or some shit. It actually looks like it might come out and be a decent game. Like it doesn't look bad in the gameplay that they're showing. So, I mean, I'm always rooting for games to look good. I I'm kind of interested to see how this does. So I'm 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 looking and it looks like there is weapon crafting in the original Dead Island based on what I'm seeing online. So um interesting. Yeah. I mean, I always 
I liked Dead, Line, Dead Island when I played it. The first, that one and Dead Island Riptide, they were both fun games. Um, I enjoyed them. I, I don't think I've, I had beaten, beaten. I want to say Dead Island Riptide was Dead Island with the expansion. Um, I don't think I beat any of no, them. No, Riptide. What Riptide was like Dead Island one point five. It was its own game. Oh, okay. I played them both then, and uh, I liked it. It was good. It was fun. It was uh, interesting, man. I, I had no, I had no, no bones to pick with Dead Island on the PS3. Um, might even been. But don't you think it's a little bit? It's a little bit wild that a game can be just shoveled from developer to developer like this game has so much and still kind of look good like you would you would expect almost that it would be i mean i guess maybe they wouldn't release it if it was going to be bad but like it just it looks way better than i expected it to that's all i'm saying um hold on one second listeners because you're gonna get some audio i don't want you to get hold on one second i gotta do this what you're about i just kind of want to watch this here real quick while because I didn't, I didn't watch this, dude. It looks just like Dead Island Riptide, except way cleaner. Like, upgraded. yeah, I just kind of scrubbed through it. The weapon wheel looks kind of cool. I like how it's like a ring of blood. All the blood is awesome. The blood on the guy's hand as he's shooting, um, like your character, picking up gas cans and throwing it and shit. It actually looks really good, man. I'm just, I mean, this is just seventeen seconds of me just scrubbing through. It it almost to me looks like a more a, a more weapon like a more crafty crafting esque Far Cry based in like a zombie apocalypse like some of the characters um, the zombies look pretty messed up dude like if, I know the the uh, the listeners what what I would like to do. Jake is uh, on our OBS here when we're recording this podcast. It would be really cool. We're doing this a, a free way still. Um, we don't have enough patrons yet to, to buy whatever Riverside or whatever people use to do podcasting and record it all. So we have, uh, while, while I'm watching this, we have a Discord video chat going on. And then I'm pulling Jake's video into OBS and my video into OBS. So I don't to cut back on editing just to record this whole thing with the backdrop and everything that you guys see on YouTube. That's all recorded live on OBS. And then I just upload it after doing some minimal editing afterwards. But it would be cool to have like something like Riverside or a podcasting specific chat like this because when we record this, because I could pull this YouTube video up on, on Discord and see it integrated into our podcast, but you wouldn't be able to see what I'm looking at. Now, with a program like Riverside, we could pull it in there. We could both look at it at the same time in real time and have commentary on what we're seeing. And that would make for a good, a better podcast, I think. We could pull in video. It would definitely like be neat. We we would have to be careful Just with mute gameplay and stuff to to avoid like cease and desist and all this kind of shit, especially if there's licensed music in it or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it would be kind of a neat sort of, uh, addendum to our podcast, something that allow us to sort of comment on things in real time, especially if we could do like live reactions to things like state of plays and stuff. We like definitely that. could if, if if we just had a couple more. And I'm not trying to sell patron to anybody. I, uh, but I mean, if we if we could get up to like 20 subscribers or something, uh, we totally could afford to do that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, in a lot of video podcast places, always scrub gameplay videos and stuff and they put the volume in there and I think as long as it's reviewing and you're critiquing 
they can't hit you with cease and desist. Um, I think it's when you're kind of just putting it out there. If it, I, de- I think it depends though where you're getting it from, mm. how they got the license. If it's any, if it's anything at all that might be considered like leaked footage or anything like that. Oh yeah, you got to be like, careful with that. You've got to sure. be really careful about that kind of stuff. So, yeah. but if it's something like a Sony press conference or whatever, I don't think that really no, matters dude. all that. Or just like right? this, but like they, a, they want more. The more promotion, the better. Like a game showcase. Probably, right? but, yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, moving yeah, on. Sorry, as a digression. We, we kind of commented previously about how we're sort of over the whole Activision Microsoft deal, which is fine. But this week, it, the FTC announced that they've requested—I don't know if they announced it—but they have requested documentation from Sony regarding their third-party exclusive deals dating back to January of 2019. Um. And this is going to be something that's going to go into effect because Microsoft is basically playing the playing the um, the underdog here and, and talking about how Sony's kicking our ass. Sony's kicking our ass. There's no reason why we can't have Activision. Blah 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 blah. You know, say what you will about that. I don't really have any comments on it. But so as a result, the FTC is like, well, Sony. What kind of exclusives are you drumming up on your end that might kind of contribute to what Microsoft is saying? And so that stuff is going to be reviewed. I don't know if you have any comments on this. I really don't, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that this is one of the first times that a trade organization or a uh, like a trust organization has really requested – exclusivity information out of Sony because this was always kind of like the one thing that Sony has been hoping that nobody brings up because they have a history of going out and tagging exclusives for their platform. Now, granted, none of them are on the scale of this fucking $70 billion Activision deal, but they are the market leader and they are doing exclusive content for their platform. Marvel Spider-Man and they have couple other things uh they got that wolverine game coming down in the mix who knows what that's about but i but i think but i think that this is relating to their third party exclusives oh, spider-man oh. and wolverine are both first party right. games so that's there's really no bad do they have there. many third party exclusives i mean they you say the final yeah fantasy I mean, think shit. about fucking yeah. think about final fantasy 7 remake i mean yeah, that game was big. huge and it's still exclusive to playstation so wouldn't it be funny if they did all the digging and they were like, "Yeah, Square never signed an exclusivity deal. They just want to work with us." <laughs> Only I can believe it. I mean, games just like that just don't sell as well on Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm sure Sony signed some of these deals. We're gonna find out, out that Grand Theft Auto Six is gonna be a third party exclusive to Sony or something. Which would be fucking bananas. Right now, I mean, someone's shit in their pants if that's what the case is, and they have to show that off and say, <laughs> like, fine, they got If they found out, I, I could tell you right now, if they found out that Grand Theft Auto 6 was going to be a Sony exclusive, that alone might be enough to push the Microsoft Activision deal through. Because, uh, like, what the fuck? I mean, that, that game, like, the only game bigger than Call of Duty in terms of a single game. Yeah. 
is fucking i mean grand theft auto 5 has sold like 150 million copies it's fucking could you imagine if they if they had that like locked and loaded and now they're getting hit with this request and now like someone's just like in a panic attack like can't sleep at night fucking phones blowing they're like up calling up rockstar like don't sign the papers yeah, yet don't, don't sign, sign the papers yet, yet. wait <laughs> listen let's, let's unsign them um and then you can sign them again after we show them you know trying to finagle some sort of like under the table agreement yeah i mean this is all obviously speculation there's no way they have an exclusivity agreement with rockstar but that would be amazing for sony it would be wild but i just can't imagine anyway, the stress like they yeah, I, like that that scenario would be like got him by the balls your whole like the whole time after that sign you like got got him by the balls like you know and then you're living high on life and everything's going great and then you get hit with this thing in the mail it's like you get subpoenaed to like show everything and you're like oh fuck <laughs> what do i do you know what i mean like instant just boom 180 like life sucks that's all the, the type of deal that's the type of deal you wait for until like after the shit the FTC has slapped down the fucking activision deal and then sony comes out with it just like drops that phone book on their head oh and they're just like <laughs> dude can you imagine what a mess this will be if that actually if that actually happens what a mess this will be there's no way rockstar would ever Jim ryan from the top rope yeah. dude there's no yeah fucking in the turnbuckle oh man uh there's anyway we'll just have to see how that plays out but anyway moving on um i don't know fred did you ever play wolf among us yeah i loved it so the Wolf Among Us was a Telltale game. Came out after the Walking Dead season one. Uh, it was awesome. I really liked it. It was comic book inspired by uh, what was the series? Um, uh, fairy. Um, oh fuck! It wasn't called Fairy Tales. I'll, right? it was I'll called, look it uh, up. You keep talking about it. Yeah. So. Um, the Wolf Among Us was a Telltale game that came out right after season one of The Walking Dead, and it was really well received. Well, we've Fables. been waiting a long time. Fables. We've been waiting a long time for The Wolf Among Us season two, and finally we got announced that since Telltale has been reopened under, I think, Skybound, mm. um, that they're going to make a second season of The Wolf Among Us. Everybody's stoked. The trailer looked awesome. Really excited for it. Well, Telltale has come out and they've announced that it's been delayed to 2024. It was supposed to come out this year uh, to, quote, avoid crunch and deliver the sequel that the fans deserve. So not really a huge news point. Yeah, not really a huge news point. I would rather them delay it. This is one of those games where, like, I don't care about it until it's out. So I've got enough shit to play. When it comes out, I'll be excited about it. Until then, I don't care. Right, like if, if you died like this week, you, one of your like regrets as you're floating above your headstone isn't like fuck. Now I can't play Wolf Among Us too. <laughs> like that's not you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's not one of those. It's not like Diablo Four or some shit where you're like fuck, man. I'll never have a chance to do that, or I won't get to play Last of Us Three because I died. This sucks. Like Wolf Among Us yeah. 2 is like one of those games. I'm happy it's going to happen, but yeah, like you said, man, like I'm not chomping at the bit. So take your time. Yeah, especially because of the source source material. Like, ah, oh, just fucking read the Fables comics because it's kind of based on that, right? So you can right. kind of get the world a little bit from there. Because I I, di- I did buy like the first three or four volumes of Fables, and they are it is a good comic series. So I. Uh, I am interested in seeing The Wolf Among Us too, but um, it's been delayed, so 
Hopefully no one's too upset about that, but if it means we're going to get a better game and not like the janky shit that Telltale yeah. is used to delivering, then I'm all about it. Uh, next news point, number eight. I don't think this is really all that important to this podcast other than it being a kind of Sony thing. Is that the Forspoken developer, Luminous Productions, who was who is a part of Square Enix, apparently that developer is being folded into Square Enix's main developer team. Uh, after we would assume this is because Forspoken did not do well. It was not commercially successful, I don't think. People did. It was not critically successful. And I don't know if it's how well it sold. I think it was on the charts for a month or two. So I don't think that it like was necessarily a horribly selling game. I'd, I'd like to see. It's got some stink to it. I'd like to see how much money they put into promotion for this game. It was being advertised a lot. There's no way it has a, much of a gross, man. After the amount of time they put into developing it, and then all the ad placements and like them talking about it, the fucking state of play, how much money was put into this goddamn game? Like, so much. Dude, this game could have been so fucking cool. I am so upset <clears throat> that they... And it's the little things that they botched on this. Like we talked about previously, like the dialogue and stuff. Like that just makes the game so annoying. Like the way the game is written makes it so annoying to play. And because I thought some of the combat and stuff was really cool, but the controls were fucked on it. Like, and there's just some stuff that like, it was like one or two fucking page flips away from being a cool ass game. And it ended up being a flop, and that's unfortunate. And now it's in this Luminous Productions, I think, also did Final Fantasy XV, which people, it, it was pretty divisive as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe this team might just not be a team anymore. I think they might just be splitting it up and sending the developers to different locations within Square Enix, which is probably good for the company but it sucks for them and i feel bad for 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 them and and what uh what became of that studio i guess the other thing is though too is is like you know if they weren't able to churn out a game of the caliber that people expected then maybe they can learn a thing or two at square these developers right maybe they can learn a little bit more about the craft i'm not saying that the game was there were parts of it that were kind of jank in the demo. That's all I played, you know. And, and from what I've heard, the 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 the, the way the writing was in there, and, the, and it just it just fell flat. And like maybe some of the folks who made those decisions when they go to Square, if they go to Square Enix, maybe they'll get better. You know, maybe they'll move on to better things, bigger things. So you, you got to look at the silver you lining. Feel, you just have to feel for like. As creatives ourselves, you have to feel for the people that put their heart and soul into this game for a couple of years. 100%. And then you find out that because of some production decisions, it ends up being this nightmare. Yeah, that, and, that sucks. You know, because, you know, the guy the guy that was animating the fucking... Attack moves. Fire the attacks and yeah. shit. Like, that, that actually looks awesome in the game, you know... They're not going to feel better about it. Right. He's going to get a job at Naughty Dog. so Or she is. Whoever it was. Maybe. Dude, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, again, this is just the business of video games. It does suck, though. Um, Let's go to the next one, Jake. Oh, this is one I put on here. Um, 
This was interesting. If anyone recalls, CD Projekt Red hit. Uh, there was a class action settlement against them with the horrendous release of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, a lot of people who had purchased stocks for the company, uh, I don't know what year frame it was, um, uh, I guess there's a class action settlement. CD Projekt Red agreed to settle um, $1.85 million to anyone who purchased stocks within a, like, it's, the time frame is like a year. If you purchased any CD Projekt Red stocks in this year, you are eligible to be part of the settlement and get a little bit of money back. So um, I don't know how many people that would be. That's fucking nothing. Yeah, $1.85 million is nothing. I, I'm sure Do you have they, any idea, how, dude, how much money they made on Cyberpunk? Mm-hmm. Do they made yeah, back their development fees in like the first day? Yeah, and, and Project Red stocks are still down because of that game. So – People did lose some money on it. I, I actually picked up – I've been doing the stock market a little bit. I picked up a couple of CD Projekt Red like a year before the game released just thinking like you know if this thing fucking takes off and it's awesome, then maybe the stocks will go up. So I, I probably lost like, I don't know, 50 bucks or 60 bucks or some shit. <laughs> I don't really care about it. But um, I got one of these notices in the mail that was like, hey, you can sign up and be part of this class action suit and get a payment, get a settlement payment. You got to go to this website. You get like three dollars. Who the fuck knows? I might do it just so I can talk about it on the podcast and let you guys know how you much should. I get. You should. Um, you should I do should it. do it. I, I stand nothing to lose. I think they said that thirty percent, thirty percent of of this one point eight five million on the on the postcard I got goes towards legal fees, and then up to forty thousand dollars for something else for the lawyers. So I did the math. Like if you do 30% of 1.85 million and then take another 40,000 off, it leaves you with like a hundred or 1 million and $250,000 or something to split between only the people who purchased new shares of CD Projekt Red. I don't think you can be a previously existing stockholder. I think you had to have bought into the company in that certain time frame. The maximum – probably- so the maximum they say on the settlement, because I looked it over, and this is why I put it in the podcast. That was funny. The maximum uh, that they are per the settlement allowed to give any individual who this applies to in the settlement is five thousand dollars. So that is where it caps out. There's no way anyone's getting five thousand um, dollars. We're talking probably ten bucks. You know, honestly, five to ten bucks would be my guess. But I'll probably yeah, the only do way it. someone's getting five, the only way someone's getting five thousand dollars if like if like a holding company or something bought like a million shares of fucking CD Projekt Red or something, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know so, how else. I, I mean, like, I don't. Let me do the fucking math here real quick. Let's let's figure this. I mean, it. I had it all kind of figured out last night when I was looking at the postcard. So one eight five zero 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 times point three. Which is what the attorneys get. So they're going to get five hundred fifty-five thousand dollars for setting up the settlement. So five hundred half a million dollars is going towards. Should have been a fucking lawyer, dude. Towards the attorneys, right involved, and then add forty thousand onto that because we know they're going to take the max. Almost six hundred thousand dollars, five hundred ninety-five thousand dollars of the one thousand eight hundred fifty juju minus. Five thousand five. What did I say? Five thousand five hundred fifteen. Five thousand. What did I say? 
nine hundred and what I say? God damn it! What did I say? Fifty. I don't know, man. Times point three. Hold on. Plus forty. One two three. Five thousand nine. Five hundred ninety-five thousand. Remember that number. Five hundred ninety-five thousand. We're gonna figure this out right here on the show. One hundred eight five zero 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 minus five hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars leaves one million two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars, not including taxes. So, in the most any person could get is five thousand dollars. To get five thousand dollars, you take this number divided by five thousand. 251 people buy buy stocks in this time frame. If only 251 people bought CD Projekt Red stocks in a year, which is not, you'll get $5,000. Um, so we said, uh, here, so the worst case scenario, 8500000 minus 595000. Let's say Fred wants 10 bucks. 125,500 people bought CD Projekt Red Stocks will get me $10. That probably sounds a little I, more reasonable. I'd be shocked if you got $10. I'm just saying. That, me too. That's what I'm saying. You look at the postcard, you're like, oh, $1.85 million, class action, maybe I can get involved in this. And then you start doing the fucking math. And it's like, no, nah, man, if, if, if 100,000 people bought into CD Projekt Red in all of the world – during the run-up to Cyberpunk 2077, you'll get $10 with the settlement. But the lawyers get a half a million. So that's just the way the world works, guys. But I might sign up to do it just to see what I get. Why the fuck not? You should do it for that <laughs> fucking 50-cent check you're going to get. Yeah, because they didn't put my game, my song in the damn game. This is my way of getting back. That's probably why I didn't get put in. Is because I owned a couple shares of CD Projekt Red. There's probably something in the clause. Dude, let's just say that that's the reason. It's not because our song sucks. All right. Let's okay, go. so there's one news point left that is really not anything at all. I got um, We already talked about the Elden Ring expansion. Is that there? Apparently, there's a remaster of the Outer Worlds coming out called Spacer's Choice Edition, and it has been confirmed for all platforms, even PlayStation. Even though mm. uh, Obsidian is now a Microsoft studio. The Outer Worlds Spacious Shorts Edition is coming to PS5 and PS4. So if you have not played the Outer Worlds, it's fucking dope. You should buy this and play it. That's all I'm saying. Very good. Never played it. You should play it. It's it's really good. If you like Fallout, you'll like this game. Oh. It's not as deep as Fallout, but it's got that same aesthetic, that same feel, that same drive. The storytelling is really good. Highly recommended. Not to be confused with Outer Wilds. I know. That is the and they came out around the same time, which is really fucking annoying. It's ridiculous. Well, Mr. Peters, we are getting close to that time in the podcast. And uh I guess let's talk about the new games coming out. Let's talk about <laughs> the new games. Must be nice to be LJ right now. That's all I'm saying. LJ fucking cool it with the VR games, all right? We're sitting here doing the podcast, and he's got his Discord because he's been on the show a couple times, so he's connected with with us on Discord here. And uh, 
He must have a sync to his PlayStation. I've seen the video of you in your fucking pajamas playing uh, and shit. Yeah, yeah. Looking like a fool. Well, hey, your wife told Cut me she got you pulling a fucking bow back, too. So, <laughs> join the club, Mr. Peters. Um, I don't think I've been recorded yet playing VR. But, uh, yeah, LJ, while well, we're starting to record this podcast, he's playing Pavlov. He bought it. And then now he's playing Demio. Just fucking rolling those dice without me. Um, it's fine, LJ. I understand. Uh, we'll do the heavy lifting so you don't have to. We'll talk video games. Um, but I hope you're enjoying them. Uh, let's get to the new games, man. Shall we? Should we talk about new games for once? I think we should. I think we should talk about them. Yeah, you can read these. I read everything else. Uh, like, literally, other than Des- other than Lightfall, I care about yeah. nothing. February 28th, so Destiny 2, Lightfall, Fernbus, Coach Simulator, Scars Above, Void TRLM2, parentheses, parentheses, uh, semicolon. I'm going to pause you for a second because I don't fucking understand what this is because the same thing is on the list for Friday. Oh, it's probably some coding error. The game's called Terrarium 2. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. We pulled this off a website. But they're both, they're, they both say PS4. Interesting. That is weird. One of them is probably PS5. Yeah. So, Terra- you know, Terrarium you know, I'm, 2. I'm shaking my finger virtually at Push Square for Their game being list. bad. Yeah. Get your coding yeah. in, in order. March 1st, Bendy and the Dark Revival, Brock the Investigator, Fight and Rage. Oh, man. I hope that's a beat em up, dude. And Leap. Fight and Rage is probably good. March 2nd, Arcade Archive Sky Kid DX. Mayhem in Single Valley, Pretty Girls, Breakers Plus, Pyramid Raiders, Railway Islands, Strike Force 2, Terrorist Hunt, March 3rd, Blood Roots, that's a cool name, Gunman Tales, Insomnus Long Night, No Longer Home, The Smile Alchemist, and Woe Long Fallen Dynasty, which I think people are excited about. I will say, uh, Jake, there's a game called Brock the Investigator. What do you call an alligator wearing a vest? An investigator. <laughs> investigator, dude. <laughs> That's a good joke. All right. It's a dad joke. Um, yeah, none of these games really. I mean, I'm I'm VR in it and I'm Mass Effect in two in it. Three it, three it, sorry, until uh until I get through some shit. Well long looks cool. Not not up my alley though, and uh like you said, Destiny Two looks really cool. And I bet you Fight and Rage is awesome. Anything that's a the game that ends with rage has got to be a knockoff of Streets of Rage. Fight and rage. Yeah, dude. It's totally a beat-em-up. Fight and rage is a beat-em-up for certain. It looks like... I don't know if I like the graphic style. They have like the CRT lines on it. Um, the screen looks really, really busy. Uh... I don't know. I don't know what it is, um, short of it being a beat 'em up game. And uh, Jesus, the one graphic is a girl with a miniskirt on kicking right towards the angle of the camera, so you can see straight up her skirt. And it's just like, ah, eh, I don't know, man. Um, fight and rage. Fight and rage. There you go. It doesn't look super good. If you're gonna get a beat 'em up game, get Streets of Rage Four or the TMNT games. It just got put out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the show. 
I don't have anything to say. Um, this has been a two-hour episode. We are giving you guys so much freaking content. It's ridiculous. The entire time, my pup Charlie's been sleeping over there on the couch, just snoozing. Snoozing, not losing. And uh, that's all I have. I want you guys to have a great week. We're into March. Spring is around the corner. So, uh, I don't know. Let me know who has VR. VR2, rather. Let me know who has it. Put it in the comments. Write our show. PS is awesome at gmail.com. Episode 266. We got to do something special when we make it to 300. Uh, I was talking to Chelsea, and she goes, because I was watching the Digital Foundry guys at 100, and they all wore like, like, like I don't know. They had like blazers, and one guy had like a, a suit on. And she's like, why are they dressed like that? I was like, it's their 100th episode. She goes, you and Jake should do something when you hit episode 500. And I'm like, 500? I was like, Chels, there's 52 weeks in a year. It's going to take us many, many, many more years to get to 500. But 300 would be next year. So maybe we can do something for 300. I don't know what. Maybe I'll, I don't know, wear a Fred Flintstone shirt or something. Maybe by the time we hit 500, we'll be, uh, we'll have like 15 patrons. Yeah, dude. It's so slow. People do listen to the show, though. I mean, if I'm being honest, man, I'm not a patron of any podcast that I listen to, but the podcasts that I listen to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patrons. Um, I think we have six. So. Oh, I'm not, I'm not complaining. No, but I'm just, I'm I'm just, I'm just, being self-deprecating. Yeah, that no, it's not a complaint. I'm just saying uh if you are going to throw a dollar somebody's way and you like the quality of our show and you like our personalities and you like to tune in every week, again, we're not going to be upset. We don't expect it at all, but it is appreciated um for sure. So, and again, we have these awesome stickers. Yeah, maybe by episode 500 we'll have We'll have gotten rid of all these stickers. I've got stickers here that I just want to mail you people. So if you want to be a patron for one month, get a sticker and then unpatronize us. <laughs> unpatronize us. Um, it's, it's a little little hack I learned, a little cheat code to get a free sticker for a dollar. And we even pay for postage. So, All right, Jake, that's all I have. Do you have anything you want to say as we're winding down? No, it's like fucking 20 to 10 at night and I still haven't eaten dinner, so yeah. I'd like to eat something. You better not eat anything now because you're going to wake up starving. Anytime Fuck I eat I after care. like 8 o'clock in the mornings, my stomach's like eating itself. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, that's it. 266 is over. We will see you at 267 next week. Like Tekken, Tetris Effect, and Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.